God always takes us on quite an adventure, and this passage is no exception. This morning is, is, will be no exception. So I urge you to kind of buckle your seat belts and, and, and get ready to hear. This is not maybe the most lighthearted message. This is not what I would call a fluffy message at, at all. It's, it's got some real serious content. It's got some things that we need to hear, got some things that we need to consider. The end result will bring a lot of happiness uh, but actually facing up some of the, some of this thing in this passage may, could could cause some 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 sorrow maybe maybe some repentance some tears and 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 kind of cause us to make a change of, of direction so uh, hope you 're ready for that and the Holy Spirit is here he 's working and ready to work in your heart and life and always even the hard messages of god 's word are always to bring us to joy and to life, deeper, greater, richer experience of life in Jesus' name. And everything I'm going to say this morning, just take it by faith. I'm saying it all with the greatest of love. I love you guys. And everything that I say this morning is, is going to be said to, because I love you and, and to build, build you up. Well, there's a there's a dangerous spiritual problem that can creep into our lives, and that is the problem of stagnation or of not growing, of remaining immature far too long. It's the problem of not going on in Jesus, not going on to become the person that Jesus wants you to be, that Jesus planned for you to be, that, that Jesus died for you to become in saving you. And it is very hard, I, th- I, think, I think it is very hard to break out of this particular spiritual problem. It's very hard to break out of this disastrous spiritual pattern because often we, we simply do not see it in ourselves. We, we can spot it in others. We say, wow, that person should be further along than they are. But we, we don't spot it or we don't see it in ourselves. And it takes something very direct and perhaps dramatic to wake us up to our dire need to grow up. And it may take something like this very bold and very direct passage of Scripture that is before us this morning. So this, this could be a turning point in, in your life. It, I think, I think it'll, there's something in here to help all of us, no matter where we're at. But this could actually be a turning point for some here this morning. Well, the reality is that some believers are just not as far along as they should be. And to bring it down to us, we should say some of us here are not as far along as we should be. And of course, in some sense, that could be said of everyone. I mean, there, there is some sense in which that's true of all of us. None of us are, are as, probably as far along in the Lord as, as we should be. But, but that could be kind of just an excuse because or, or could be kind of could mask the real problem. The real problem is that some do not go on to maturity, and some do. And that's what the author of Hebrews is addressing here. And the author of Hebrews, as I said, he's he's very direct and very bold. He says, 
you've become dull of hearing. You still need milk and not solid food. He refers to, that, to, to them as remaining in, in infancy. Uh, you ought to be teaching others by now, but you still need others to teach you. You, you need to move forward from, from the elementary things about Jesus and go on to maturity. And the reality is that there are things in our lives, there are, there are uh, s- stages in our lives or spiritual experiences in our lives that, that were, that were there's, there's places that it's understandable that we could be in the early stages of knowing Jesus. But there comes a time after a certain a certain amount of time of us being in the Lord where those, those are no longer appropriate or, or no longer safe. Uh, there's, there, those, those things that maybe were okay at the beginning of our walk with Christ now would put us in grave spiritual danger to stay there. Now, there, there is such an emphasis in the Bible on just lavishing encouragement upon God's people. I mean, if you, if you read the, Paul's letters to the churches, I mean, just, just the tone. I, just, I love the tone of his letters. It's just, it's just always such, so much encouragement. And he's, he's so ready to, to commend uh, believers for, for their faith and their, and their perseverance and, and their love and uh, acknowledging their, their spiritual gifts. And, and I, I firmly believe that that's to be one of the main ministries that we carry out in the church. That's going to be one of our main ministries to one another. But sometimes we need to be called out of our immature thinking and our immature spirituality. Sometimes we need to hear the message of this passage. Sometimes we need to hear... By this time, you should be further along. Sometimes we need to hear that. You should be further along than to be thinking like you're thinking. You should be further along than to be talking like you're talking. You should be at a place where you're beginning to feed others and help others, showing others the way. You should have more discernment about what is from God and what is not. And the the point is the point is not to humiliate the point is not to shame it's it's not to put people down it's not to make people feel bad or just overwhelm anyone with a sense of failure but the purpose of the holy spirit in these verses is is to awaken us to a very real serious danger of not going on of not making progress of not growing and the passage is to do that, to awaken us, and then to call us to go on, to, to press ahead. And as we'll see, as we see later on in the passage, I mean, the, the final point that we're going to deal with is, you know, let us therefore go on. Let us leave the, the beginning stages of our Christian knowledge and experience and, and let us go on to maturity in Christ. The Apostle John uh, said, I am... I am writing to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven you on account of his name. I am writing to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the evil one. 
And I, I can't go into all the details of that passage, but I merely, merely point out that there, there are stages. There's a stage of being little, uh, little children in the Lord. There's stages of being young men, strong, growing, healthy young men in the Lord. There's stages of being, being fathers. And forgiveness of our sins is our inheritance as children in the gospel. And we never get beyond that in, in one sense. But everyone who is born of God, who is forgiven, is to go on to become strong young men, to overcome sin and evil. Not perfectly, but substantially. There's to be real victory, a real overcoming of, of, of evil in our lives. And when you're born into this world, you didn't, you didn't realize it, and don't realize it probably when you're a little child, but as, as, you, as you get older, you realize that you were born into a world where there's a, a very real spiritual battle going on. It's going on in, in, our, in our world. It's going on in your world. There's, there's a battle going on for your heart and your soul all the time. Uh, it's a battle that's largely fought in your mind and your thoughts. There is good and evil. There's sin and righteousness. There's purity and impurity. There's light and darkness. There's worldliness and ungodly and, and godliness. Um, and, and and once once we become united by faith to Jesus, once we come to Jesus, our sins are washed away. We're forgiven. Uh, we we stand in this place of peace with God, and yet we begin a spiritual fight. We begin a life of choosing good instead of evil. We begin a life of choosing light instead of, of darkness. And in this passage from Hebrews, I'm going to kind of start later on and work backwards. I think, think you maybe you'll understand why, but this, this is how it really makes sense to me. In this passage from Hebrews 5, those who are mature are mature because they have practiced making these continual distinctions between good and evil. Verse 14, the mature are those who have their powers of discernment, tr- discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Uh, those, those who are going on to maturity are listening to the Spirit, they're following the Spirit. They're, they're following the leading of the Spirit to put to death sinful inclinations and attitudes and ways of living, ungodly ideas. And they are eagerly learning what pleases the Lord. They're, they're, they're moving forward. They're aggressively putting off the old self and putting on the new self. As it says in Titus, uh, the grace of God has appeared. It's teaching us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions. It's tr- it's, the grace of God is training us to be good and righteous and abounding in good works, all of that. And this, this, this practice of discerning, sorting out what is good and evil, uh, and, the, and the practice of, of this practice of careful obedience and choosing good over evil is is really, as I see it from this passage, is the breaking point between maturity and remaining in immaturity. And in the mature, this careful sorting out of good from evil is, is 
constantly or continually practice. It's practice in our words that we speak and our attitudes that we express. It's, it's um, practice in our thoughts. It's practice in a very practical way every day in our homes, uh, in, in marriages, if we're, if we're married, in all relationships and interactions of life, this discerning good and evil, choosing good over evil, the spirit over the flesh, the new self over the old self. I'm reading a, a biography of uh, T. Austin Sparks. I don't know if many of you would, would know him or not. He was in the late 1800s. But I was struck by something the author said, and I, I thought this really explains a lot what I'm talking about here in this passage. He said, the author said this about T. Austin Sparks. He was earnestly pursuing Christ and learning to live by the inner sense of God's life within him. He was a man who truly knew God's life within and did not do things which would grieve that life. He became well attuned to the inward sense of what was pleasing to the Lord and what was not. That's a, I mean, that's, that's a really good description of how we go on to maturity. You know, we become well attuned to that inward sense of what is pleasing to the Lord and what is not. And this kind, this kind of regular daily practice gives us an increasing ability to discern what is good and evil and, and a cre- an increasing ability to, to discern what is, what is false or worldly or ungodly and to discern things that are true and right and praiseworthy and pleasing to God and our, our senses become fine-tuned to what's of God, what's of not, what's good, what's evil. And we're able to make progress in the things of the Lord because, because of this, this practice. And we're going to talk about this a little bit more later on, but I'm going to continue on with, with this. That's, that's the, the mark of, the, of a mature is they, they, through continual practice, have their senses trained to discern good and evil. Another mark of the mature person in this passage is that they... They appreciate and benefit from deeper teaching in spiritual things, what this verse calls solid food. Uh, those who are going on to maturity, they have an appetite to learn more, to know Christ better, to know and experience all that Christ died to give them. And so teaching, the teaching of Scripture, the teaching of the Word, God's revelation to us, and God's revelation or teaching along these lines to, to, to the mature, to those who are making progress, it's, it's a joy to them. And they eagerly pursue it. They're, they're willing and able to take solid food. Okay? They're willing and able to dig into difficult truths. They're willing and able to dig into difficult passages that will help them know more about Christ and the Father and the Holy Spirit and all that has been accomplished for them through Christ. They're, they're, they're willing to, to get into the solid food. Also, those who are mature are not complacent, but they, they, are, they have pressed on and they are pressing on to know Christ more and more. 
And the, the appeal it made at the end of this passage to those who are, who are not uh, going on, those who are remaining immature, have remained immature for far too long, the, the appeal to them is, is, okay, let's go on. Let's, let's leave the elementary stages of our Christian, Christian, Christian faith and let us go on to maturity in Christ. Uh, Paul said a very interesting thing in, in Philippians 3.16. He said, you know, this one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I mean, that's the, that's the mark of those who are going on. And, and, and honestly, if that isn't our frame of mind, if that isn't kind of our, our spiritual mindset, then we're, we're, we're going to be people who remain far too long in immaturity. I forget what's behind. I strain t- uh, toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. Paul's not, he says, I'm not just setting myself up as uh, sort of a, an elevated person, as an apostle, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm the only one who's doing this, uh, straining toward the future and stay, uh, straining or straining toward what is ahead, um, he says. Er- everybody who's mature has to have the same attitude, and this maturity is is available for all be- all believers. It's God's will for every one of us. It's God's will for everyone who's here this morning. Um, and, and Paul said, "The goal of all ministry." is to build us up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we, we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of pe- people in their deceitful scheming. All right, those are just some of the marks that are brought out in this passage about those who are, who are going on. But this passage in Hebrews is, is not primarily about those who are making progress. This passage or this message is for those who are, who are stalled out spiritually, who are not going on to full maturity in Christ. And so we're going to get into that right now. Uh, and, but I, again, I want to emphasize, regardless of where any of us are at, are at spiritually, uh, there's something here for us all to learn so that we guard ourselves against complacency and stagnation. I don't know about you, but I, I am just impressed with how direct and bold the author of Hebrews is. I mean, I don't know if I would have the courage without the scripture. I don't know if I, I'd have the courage to get up here and say, you've become dull of hearing. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a pretty bold, bold statement. Or, you know, you guys ought to be teachers by now and you're not. I mean, these, these are pretty direct and pretty bold statements. And he, he, the author of Hebrews diagnoses the problem of spiritual immaturity, or really more specifically, the problem of remaining in spiritual immaturity too, far too long. And he, he diagnoses it so boldly and so clearly 
that it kind of just leaves us no place to hide. I mean, don't you kind of feel that for, from the things that he's talking here? It's just, uh, it's just, it's just, he just puts it right out there. And so, uh, I'm not going to try to to backpedal on what he says. I'm, I'm not going to try to soften uh, or blunt, uh, soften his words or, or blunt the truth of this. Uh, this uh, this diagnosis is. I think probably hard hard for us to hear, but it's it's really necessary for us to to hear this diagnosis in order to avoid the very real danger, the, really the disastrous consequences of just not going on to all that Christ has for us. All right, so the the first. Diagnosis will say the first is that those who remain in, remain in immaturity are uninterested and unaffected by teaching. And this is verse 11. About this we have much to say and it's hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. They become dull of hearing. It's, it communicates the idea that, that they're uh, lazy or lackadaisical. They've, they've lost any se- sense of interest or eagerness to hear they're indifferent to to the teaching this is this is not an intellectual problem it doesn't have anything to do with how smart you are it's an inner disposition or an attitude of heart and instead of eagerly receiving the truth the message um, the, the person who's stopped growing just chooses to shut down and nothing sinks in anymore they they hear, but they don't change. They hear, but it doesn't make it into their hearts and thinking. It doesn't make it into their home. Uh, doesn't make it in, into their practical outworking of life. I think, in in a sense, we would we would maybe put it like this. I have, I have a lot to say to you, but it's very difficult because you're already bored. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, I think that's kind of the sense of what the author is saying. And unfortunately, if you're, if you're already bored with teaching, it's going to leave you unchanged. It's going to leave you just like you are. Not, you're not going to go on to maturity, which, which is what this passage is a call to do. Uh, the author of Hebrews, I feel for him. Because he's, he's beginning to teach he, uh, some things about uh, Melchizedek. He, he has some wonderful things that he wants to teach about the high priestly work of Christ in heaven. He has some things that he wants to, 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 to show them. Some, maybe some harder things to understand. But they're things that would, that would greatly encourage and build up the faith of these Jewish believers. But he knows that even though they've been Christians for many years, they're only able to receive milk. And they're just, they're just uninterested in hearing these deeper truths that could profoundly help them. Uh, they don't want to hear anything from God that's hard or difficult to understand, even though that might be the very thing they need to give them the courage and faith to go on. And he helps them to see how their lack of interest 
this dullness of hearing in further teaching has made them or has held them in spiritual childhood. He says you need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. Uh, I, 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 I sense that the author is, he's, he's chiding them. I think, I think in, the most, in, most, in the most loving way and yet boldly saying, you guys, you're remaining as children, as little children, as infants that still need milk. And he's just trying to awaken them to the fact that, you know, we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be here any longer, guys. You know, uh, I lead a men's Bible study on Saturday morning. We've, we've been doing it for years, maybe decades. It's been a long, long, long time. And uh, we've studied um, a lot of Scripture. We've studied uh, David, Moses, Abraham, Joseph, uh, the judges. We're studying the life of Jesus. And some of what we've covered has been very challenging. And just to be honest, there's a lot, there's a lot of weeks that I would start preparing for that men's study and we'd come up i would come up against a you know a difficult passage of scripture or or maybe one that would maybe arouse some some hard questions about god and and i would think this is crazy read let's let's go do something much more simple and basic and and easy but i'm convinced that that hearing god speak to us in the bible is one of the main ways that we grow up and become mature. And I am convinced that we need to keep pressing on to solid food. We do. And it's okay if we it's okay if we teach a passage here on Sunday morning or if we go over a passage in a, a Bible study that you feel like it's a little bit beyond you or maybe kind of hard or difficult. That's okay. We need to go on from milk to solid food. And that needs to be our frame of mind. It's not like, okay, I'm going to just tune this out. I don't, you know, I don't understand this. It's, it seem, seems too hard. No, we have an eagerness to learn and to grow and to, to dig. A.W. Tozier said, nothing less than a whole Bible can make a whole Christian. And one of the reasons for that is because we find Christ in the whole Bible. You know, and I know we, our group of men, we, went through, we plowed through Jeremiah, all 50 chapters it's hard hard book but you know what there's a lot about christ in jeremiah and there's there's a lot about a lot of other things that are solid food that would help challenge and help stimulate and help help us grow but it is solid food it doesn't go down as easily as milk all right the second uh diagnosis or second characteristic of those who remain in in immaturity is that they they are not teaching or helping others along in the Lord. And there, there's, just, there's a time in our lives where if, if we're growing, if we're healthy, just the natural outflow of that is that we, we desire to and we get to a place where we, where we begin to, to help others along. We begin to speak truth um, into other people's lives. Verse, verse 12, for, by those, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again. Um, teaching here, I do not believe, is the spiritual gift of teaching or public teaching, but has to do with the kind of, of personal teaching, teaching that we do with our words and our lives every, every day. Uh, those who do not grow up 
spiritually, those who, those who are not making progress spiritually, who are not practicing this discernment, this careful discernment between good and evil, they are still holding on to wrong attitudes and perspectives and they are, they are just not able to speak God's truth into other people's lives. Okay, you know, that's, that's kind of a hard thing to say, but if, 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 if we ourselves are, are not accustomed to the word of righteousness, if we ourselves are not, um, not growing in our understanding of God and his word and his truth, then we just aren't able to, to teach others. We're not able to become teachers of others. And so uh, the, those who are not making progress, those who are remaining in immaturity, are, they're not thinking God's thoughts themselves, so, so they're, they're not able to be at a place of teaching others. And as the author says, they need someone to, to correct them or to review with them or to go over with them the basic Christ, Christian truths again. But those who, those who remain in immaturity just get stuck in a certain place and they, they, they don't move on to take the initiative to think about others, to help and encourage and to teach others and in some way to help others along in the Lord. And I don't, I don't think it means we all uh, do that in the same way, but there's, there's this sense that we're, that, we're, that we're no longer only receiving we're, we're, we're also ready to give and, and to pour out and, and to teach and to, and to share helpful truths with others along the way. Third, those who remain in immaturity for too long are not making this, the daily choices between good and evil. I know we've already talked about this, but I'm going to talk about it a little bit more from, from the the problem of those who are remaining in immaturity Uh, again if those who are mature have much practice in discerning good and evil those who are not going on to maturity are not practicing this careful discernment or this careful obedience Uh, verse 13 in the niv says anyone who lives on milk still being an infant is not acquainted with with the teaching about righteousness. Uh, the Brian Study Bible says uh, they're still inexperienced in the message of righteousness. And so that's contrasted with the mature who have practiced discerning good and evil. So those who, who don't grow up are, are not accustomed to the message of righteousness. They're not accustomed to a message of consistent, righteous living. They're not practicing this constant sorting out of good and evil. Uh, They're not making that critical distinction, and therefore um, harmful thoughts and harmful practices just continue to remain in their hearts, in their minds, in the way they think. And so... Instead of going on, they, they stay too long uh, where they are. Um, they, 
many who are who are immature or who or have been immature for a long time uh, they they live and speak and act with a kind of spiritual recklessness and and I, and I I take that as it's kind of the opposite of this carefully you know practicing discernment continually between good and evil that's that's kind of the opposite of recklessness wouldn't you say and so those who 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 don't go on they 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 often live and speak without this filter of spiritual discernment and so as a result they don't filter out words they don't filter out anger they don't filter out complaining or bitterness or envy or or self-pity or selfish ambition or greed and so so these things tend to bubble up and and manifest and it's it it's it's just comes from not carefully choosing what is true and good and praiseworthy and things that line up with the Bible and line up with the mind and heart of God and are things that please the Lord. And I mean if we if we hear the word of righteousness taught and then and then we go home and yell at our spouses or give them the silent treatment or are sharp and angry, or if we grumble about our circumstances, or if we harbor uh, petty and critical thoughts of other people, if we, if we won't release uh, our bitterness and, and, and unforgiveness, then we, just, we short-circuit the process of spiritual growth, and we become, we become stuck. All right, so... How do we deal? All right, I know, again, I know this is maybe not the, the most fun, happy message you've, you've heard in your life. All right, I get that. But it's things that we need to hear. And so how do we deal with the realization that we are not as far along as we should be by this time in our walk with God? Well, first, first thing I would say is is to admit with genuine sorrow that you have not progressed in Christ as you should. That you have not progressed in Christ as you should, as, as defined and diagnosed by this passage. And this, this is not just flippantly saying, hey, nobody's perfect, I guess I, guess I could do better. That's, that's not really a heart response that will bring change. No, it's it's saying perhaps with tears perhaps with tears that i have been at this place far too long i've been i've been stuck in this way of thinking i've been stuck in this way of talking my attitudes and my heart have been stuck in a bad place spiritually way beyond where i should be by now and just acknowledging in in, in, in genuine sorrow before the, before the Lord that this, this needs to change. I see that it needs to change. Lord, come. Come and change me. I'm here. I want to be, be different. I want to grow. I want to move on. I don't want to stay in this place. Secondly, secondly, I would say make a decision to be more interested <laughs> in God's word <laughs> and especially all that is revealed about Christ in the whole Bible uh, d- decide that, you, that you're not going to tune out uh, 
when it comes to the Bible. Decide that you're not going to turn out when it comes to, to good Bible teaching. I, and I know that the teachers have a huge responsibility to make the word understandable and interesting. Okay, that's, that, that's, that's really big. But here, as hearers, we have to be eager and interested and sitting on the edge of our seats, not dull of hearing, in or, if we're going to grow, if we're going to move on from spiritual immaturity. Des, decide that you're no longer going to be unaccustomed to the word of righteousness. Might take some work. Third, third, go back to this, which I think is, again, the, kind of the breaking point in this passage. Make, make daily righteousness or daily choosing good over evil your constant practice. Seek to just always be discerning what is good and evil. And this isn't something you do once a year. It's something you do moment by moment. Always discerning, is that thought from God or not? <laughs> is that thought good or is that thought evil? Is that thought that's gonna, something that's going to lift, lift me to the, to, to the Lord or is that something that's going to dra- drag me to the pit? It's this constant, careful choosing of good over evil and making that a constant practice. Get up in the morning and, 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 and consciously, consciously bow down. Maybe... maybe, maybe literally actually get on your knees before God and just submit to him and just say Lord I'm yours today right now I submit my will to you I submit my thoughts to you I submit my attitudes to you I submit my emotions to you I submit my ideas I submit everything about my life to you and you, you come in that, with that sense of, of, of worship. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord who made us. For he is our God and we are his people. We are the people of his pasture, the flock in his care. And so there's this, uh, then, then we go on through the day with just carefully discerning what is good and evil in our attitudes and our words and our, in our choices and our philosophies or thinking about life. We, we practice like Paul, take every thought captive in obedience to Christ. And it's, it's, this inward, it's this inward personal fight of faithfully choosing righteous attitudes and words and activities hour by hour, day in and day out, that makes a person mature. It's this, it's this constant practice of carefully discerning good and evil. And your senses will become trained, verse Verse 14 says, by practice, and you, you'll, you'll, be, you'll, you, you'll grow in this. You'll grow in this sense of, of discernment and um, things that you used to say, things that you used to, to let come out of your mouth, attitudes that you used to live in, thoughts that you used to, uh, to just allow in your mind, you'll... you'll, you'll You'll, you'll spot them as, as evil and dark. You'll spot, you, you can spot them or smell a sin a mile away. You'll be able to, with this increased discernment, you'll, you'll as I say, things that maybe you used to allow in your mind and heart, you'll, you'll see immediately how, how evil and damaging that is. And you'll, 
you'll turn away from that and you'll be able to see what is good and righteous and go that way. I mean, there's, there's a thousand false voices out there and, and, and they enter primarily through our mind and thoughts and we need to practice uh, discernment all the time. All right, then, the last um, thing that, that I think we need to do, and I, I think these are all inherent or obvious from this passage, but the last one is especially spelled out for us. Verse 6-1, uh, make the choice to go on to maturity in Christ. Let us, therefore, leave the elementary teachings about Christ and go on to maturity. And in that in that verse, he talks about re- re- repentance, uh, faith, uh, talks about baptisms, laying on of hands, resurrection, the judgment. I mean, those are all pretty important things. But he's saying, you know, let's, let's leave the elementary things about Christ and let's, let's move on to even greater knowledge and information and revelation about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's one of the things that the book of Hebrews is about as you stay with us through this book. It's just an incredible knowledge and revelation about Jesus Christ as our high priest that will have um, great benefit to your soul as you eagerly uh, receive that. The New American Standard says, let us press on to maturity. It's, it's a choice. It's, it's something that you decide to direct your life toward maturity or not. And by the enabling help of God and the Holy Spirit, we, we say we, we're going to go on to maturity. I mean, spiritual growth, spiritual maturity is not something that just happens to some and just happens to not happen to others with no rhyme or reason. We, we choose, and that's what he's calling. He's calling us in this scripture. He's saying, let us... Let us go on to maturity. And it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an appeal. It's, it's a call. It's a call from the Holy Spirit. It's through the author of Hebrews. But it's a, it's a call to us. To let's leave where we're at. Let's leave the place that we've been at far too long in our walk with Christ. And let's go on. Let's go on from here to full maturity in Christ. And... We all decided our decide in our hearts how how we'll respond to this call, and I, you know, I, I want to talk to the young young people in the room this morning. Um, Jesus calls you. Jesus is calling you to walk with Him. He's saying, "Follow me, and follow me all the way to to maturity. Um, follow me into all that I have for you." And I I fully believe that many of the young people here this morning. And in our church, whether they're here or not this morning, we'll, we'll go on to know Christ deeply and to enjoy Christ and to live fruitful lives for Christ. But I also know there will be some, some among those you know, some among those that perhaps you consider Christian fen- friends now, who will not, who will become disinterested in spiritual things and will not press on, who will not go on to maturity. And you, you have to decide, young person, to, to respond to this call of Jesus. Let us go on with him. Let us go on to him. Let us go on to maturity in 
Jesus Christ. And of course, adults, we have to decide that we're, we're going to respond to this call too. Um, if, if, you, if you are growing physically older, and I, I think that's true of all of us, right? I mean, we all are growing physically older. But if we're growing physically older, but not more mature, more spiritual, more Christ-like in every aspect of our life, then we need, we need to wake up and, and respond to this call to go on too. We have to decide that we're going to break out of that pattern we've been, been in. We have to decide that we're going to break out of, of this just growing older, but not growing more and more attuned to the Spirit of God and to the work of God in our lives and to our knowledge and intimacy of Jesus Christ. And so if there's been any any complacency or stagnation, um, that's, that's for us as adults to repent of too and to decide that we want to be among those who go on to full maturity in Christ. And said, so let us, you know, let us. So we have to decide if we're going to be in that us or not. Let us go on to maturity.